athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. The countdown to kickoff continues here on the Dopest Show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. We're a week away from the start of the HBCU football season. North Carolina A&T, Prairie View A&M, and Edward Waters all going to be in action on next Saturday. And so, you know, our HBCU football countdown to kickoff, as a matter of fact, continues where we're talking with some of the top players in all of HBCU football today here on the program. We do have confirmed Justin Hardy, the running back for Miles, going to join us today here on the program as our countdown to kickoff continues. We hope to have some other players as well as something we do each and every year. And of course, on August 20th, Box to Row celebrates 13 years on the air. Box to Row celebrates 13 years on the air. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the journey of Box to Row beginning uh, August 20th, 2005, right up until its 13th birthday, August 20th, 2018. I want to talk a little bit about that journey and some of the things that uh, we've been able to accomplish here on the program for now 13 seasons. While our countdown to kickoff does continue here on the program, we're going to also celebrate and honor the life and times of the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, who passed away on Thursday at the age of 76. She had been fighting some health problems for about the last five or six years or so, although um, she had gotten better seemingly um, back in around 2015 or so. You remember, um, I can't remember if it was 2015 or 2016 on Thanksgiving, she sung the national anthem uh, before the Lions game on Thanksgiving back in either 15 or 2016. And uh, so she had been uh, obviously battling some health problems. But, I mean, when you talk about one of the greatest singers of all time, um, you're talking about Aretha Franklin. There's no doubt about that. 44 Grammy nominations. Of those 44 Grammy nominations, she won 18 Grammys. 18 Grammys undoubtedly in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, here on From the Press Box to Press Row back in 2013, we had a chance to catch up with the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. And what's interesting is as I talk to people, um, whether it's social media or people email the show, from time to time, or if I talk to them you know, face-to-face, people will always remember... Um, obviously they know the show and it's not just about HBCU sports here on the program. We talk a lot of different things from, um, from, uh, you know, uh, uh, not only professional sports, 
um, uh, but also entertainment as well and talk with some of the top entertainers. Well, Aretha Franklin joined us here on From the Press Box to Press Row back in 2013. And particularly older people that I talk with always remember the time that Aretha Franklin was a guest here on the program. So a little bit later on in the program, as of course our music today on the program will will be all about Aretha Franklin. We're going to celebrate a little bit the life and times of Aretha Franklin, who was a a, a uh, she was a sports fan, but more specifically a tennis fan. Was a definitely a fan of Venus and Serena Williams. And um, so uh, going to go back into our archives and uh, replay part of that interview that we had with Miss Aretha Franklin back in 2013 here on the program. Join us, won't you, here on From the Press Box to Press for Again, our countdown to kickoff also continues today on the program. And, um, you know, just super excited Again, only a week away. I mean, it's, you know, the time just, I mean, it just passes. This is our, I mean, what would be our 14th season of of HBCU football coverage here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Again, join us here on the program a couple of different ways you can do that. You can do it the old-fashioned way. You can email us here at the show, HBCU at BoxToRow.com, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W.com. Also, uh, hit us up on Twitter, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. And while you're there, why don't you follow us on Twitter as well or on our Facebook page, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. And, and we're just so appreciative of all of our stations around the country that uh, carry from the press box to press row. We're looking to add some stations very soon here on the program, we got you covered all the way uh, from Pittsburgh to the Midwest in Illinois to even more um, in the Midwest in Oklahoma. Very proud of that. Can take you all the way down south um, as far as Daytona Beach, Tallahassee, etc. in the mid-Atlantic part of the United States, whether that's in Washington, D.C., uh, take it a little bit south um, to the Hampton Roads area via our station in North Carolina, WRVS, which covers uh, Elizabeth City, uh, North Carolina, that northeastern part of North Carolina, and then also the Hampton Roads area. And by the way, speaking of WRVS, we had a chance um, uh, to take a little bit of a mini family vacation last week and went to the Outer Banks and we were near before you go. Anybody that's familiar with the Outer Banks knows that there's only one way. Once you hit Nags Head, there's only one way to get to the Outer Banks, meaning we actually went to Cape Hatteras. But those islands out there, there's only one way to get there, and that's Route 12. And right before we even before we got to Route 12, I don't think we were quite at Nags Head. But that signal for WRVS is extremely strong because, you know, you we could hear WRVS um, while we were making those travels um, to uh, to the Outer Banks. So thank you to those listening to us um, on WRVS and everywhere. You know, we, we got about eight stations in North Carolina that carry the program. Big shots out to big sports talk radio out of Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. As well, thank you to all of our stations that carry the program. Those listening to us on Sirius XM, Channel 142, and those listening to us around the world at box 2 row 
Facebook.com. One of the things I'm going to do er, the early part of next week, the early part of next week is I'm going to rank my top five players to watch, top five players to watch in all of HBCU football, something um, that I've done for the last, I guess, eight years or so here uh, on, uh, well, not on the program, but really on BoxToRow.com. And so the when when I rank the eight player or the five players to watch, it's not necessarily the five best players in HBCU football. It's not necessarily the five best players in HBCU football. I think one of the guys that's definitely going to be uh, on my watch list, no question about it, uh, is going to be Kalen Newton, the quarterback for the Howard Bison, simply because. You know, it's his sophomore year. The Bison did so well last year. He's going to be a key component to what the Bison are able to do on this year. Um, a little bit more may be asked of him in the running game. Although if you talk to Mike London, which we did um, not last week, but the week before on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, they, they feel like they're deep at the running back position, even though they no longer have Anthony Filial. But he's got a couple of really good wide receivers to throw the football to um, in, in Kyle Anthony and Ezzard. Um, as well, who was a preseason box to row All-America as well. Two really good receivers to throw the football. He has that elusiveness to be able to run with the football as well, can throw it as well. So, I mean, he's going to be definitely somewhere on the list. Lamar Raynard, the quarterback for North Carolina A&T, has to be on the list. Um, Demarius Christmas, um, the linebacker for Grambling, has to be somewhere on this list as well, perhaps. Um, the Hardy kid who we'll talk to a little bit later on out of miles could perhaps be on this list as well. I mean, they, so, you know, again, um, you know, that list is going to come out. I invite you to take a look at that list as that list is going to come out, um, on, uh, on the early part of the week, I would say Monday, if not Sunday, uh, on box to row.com. Um, of course the black college football hall of fame announced its player of the year, watch list and um naturally the the guys that i've already mentioned kaylin newton's on that list um anthony ezert for howard also on that list uh reynard on that list amir hall who won the award last year the quarterback for Bowie state is on that list who by the way obviously is a guy who's going to be on my top five list as well and uh, he was on the top five list as well on last year um, North Carolina Central, it was announced that there are a couple of players from North Carolina Central on this list as well. Uh, no doubt that Devonte, uh, uh, Devonta Reynolds, um, the safety for North Carolina Central was going to be on that list. He was a Bostero All-America last year, preseason guy uh, this year, the preseason uh, defensive player of the year selection in the MEACs on that list. Isaiah Totten, the running back. Um, for a sophomore running back for North Carolina Central, also on that list. He should be on that watch list, had a pretty good year last year as well. But a guy we talked about a couple of weeks ago who is, ne- who is a freshman who has never taken a, a snap in all of college football is on that list, and that is Jamal Curry Elliott. Remember, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. He was the kid out of Hillside High School in Durham who originally signed at Oregon. Um, never, never, you know, he, he, he never, obviously never played a down. I don't even think he was enrolled in Oregon, ultimately came back to Durham in now 
uh, is at North Carolina Central. A lot of hype surrounding him, obviously, and rightfully so. He's a four-star running back. When is the last time? It's been a while since a four-star running back has played at an HBCU um, that did not play at an FBS school. Uh, the young man's name escapes me, but the running back from Tennessee State probably going back to about you know, probably some six or seven years ago now had originally committed, I think, to Ohio State. Again, his name is escaping me, but he originally, I believe, committed to Ohio State, never played, came and ultimately he's from Florida and ultimately signed and played with Tennessee State, had a decent career. But should a freshman who has never played a down be part of a a player of the year List. Not sure about that. Hadn't played it down. He has all the the credentials and we'll certainly see uh, how that ultimately plays out. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, more of the program. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row, the biggest names, our guests on Box to Row. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. You know what this is. This is the one and only Eagle Double G. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey, man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and Sports, say hey, my favorite three topics. Hey, say what's happening, man? It's T.I.P., man. Hello, this is Aretha Franklin, Queen of Soul. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused. Just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.botchtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant, radio. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Celebrating the life and times of the one and only Aretha Franklin here on the program. She made an appearance on Box to Row back in 2013. Going to replay part of that interview. Of course, you, uh, you know, it's in the midst of of HBCU football season, and, and the, the countdown to kickoff is on. With that being said, we also do a lot more than HBCU uh, sports and, and sometimes more than sports uh, itself. And so want to replay that interview, a little bit of that interview with Aretha Franklin. Speaking of such, joining us um, in this segment, as a matter of fact, here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Bubba Wallace. He drops the number 43 car for Richard Petty Motorsports. We had him back on the program back in 2013. After in the latter part of October, he became the first black driver to win a NASCAR National Series event since 1963 when he won the Camping World Truck Series Kroger 200 at Martinsville Speedway. So it's been some years, of course, racing in Bristol, Tennessee this weekend. And uh, he sits uh, number 25 in the point standings. If he win, he has there's three more races left in the in the regular season. If he can win one of those, then he'll qualify for the playoffs. Will this be the weekend that Bubba Wallace, who's had a pretty good season, he's had a pretty good. This is his first season racing at. Uh, obviously in the Monster Energy uh, NASCAR Cup Series. 
and has had a pretty good season uh, as a rookie. As a matter of fact, he's in contention for Rookie of the Year. So we're going to get some thoughts from Bubba Wallace a little bit later on in the program. Again, Box to Row celebrating 13 years on the air on August the 20th. Going to take you back down memory lane just a little bit. Just give you kind of a description of how Box to Row came about and uh, where we are from where we started. Uh, well, with the first show back on August 20th of, of 2005, wow, traveled all the way to Baltimore to do the show. At that time, we had an affiliate in Baltimore, which that affiliate actually had a really strong signal covered Baltimore and Washington. Uh, we were also on that very first show on WAUG uh, 750, which we are still on WAUG 750 in Raleigh. We were also on in Birmingham. We were on in Atlanta. And then we were also on in Greensboro and Winston-Salem for that very first show. And the matter of fact, the guests on the, you know, that 2005 year, the Hot button topic in sports that year was the holdout by T.O. And I remember that whole uh, situation where he was doing sit-ups on his driveway and so on and so forth back when he um, uh, was disgruntled with the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, that was that year in 2005. The first guest on that show, Benita Best, who is the uh, editor of the Triangle Tribune in Durham, also, Lute Williams, editor of the Black College Sports page, um, was also a guest on that show. And Hal Lamar, who covers the S, uh, you know, big time with the SIAC and HBCU sports as a whole, uh, were our first three guests on Box to Row back on August the 20th. 2005 so we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the program also joining us today here on from the press box to press rows our countdown to kickoff continues miles running back justin hardy scheduled to join us on the program let's continue here on from the press box to press row and the nascar cup series returns to short track racing at bristol this weekend as a matter of fact this saturday as NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series is going to be in primetime, 7.30 on NBC Sports Network. And joining us on the line, as a matter of fact, no stranger to the program, is Bubba Wallace. He drives the number 43 for Richard Petty Motorsports. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Bubba, welcome back to the program. Thank you, man. How are you? I'm doing great. So good to have you. I know you sit uh, 25th right now, but you're a rookie full-time on the circuit. Just want to kind of get your thoughts. Of course, you had the second-place finish at Daytona. We'll talk more about that, but just kind of want to get your thoughts on the season to this point. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know we're a little bit behind where we want to be, but like you said, it's a rookie season, so we're going through all the ups and downs of that. Uh, so we're, we're in the, the second part of the season now to where we get to go to these tracks for the second time. So we'll, uh, we'll get tuned in for what we need and, and hopefully be better the second time around. How have you been able to make that? It's interesting because how have you been able to make that adjustment? Because, again, this is your first time. You, you're not uh, you've been on the track before, but this is your first year racing full time. How have you been able to make that adjustment? Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's been fine. Just a little bit more busy, a little bit more time commitment. You know, um, it's it, I knew it going into it that way you would need a. Uh, uh, a little bit, yeah, set out a little bit more personal time because there's not much that you get uh, when you get to the cup level. So I think we'll only get three off weekends throughout the whole year. So there's, uh, you know, it's it's a grueling and demanding season, but uh, it's all part of it. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously there have been many races since the very first race um, at Daytona. It's your highest finish so far this season. You finished second at the Daytona, or more specifically at the Daytona 500. Can you speak to that, your first race uh, of this season? And, um, I mean, I know you obviously everybody wants to win it. Second place ain't bad, though. Yeah, no, not at all. We, you know, we definitely didn't expect that going into it. So, um, you know, Daytona was a special race for us. And to, to go down there and, and have just a solid week and a half there from, from uh, you know, practice, qualifying, the whole race, the duels and, and whatnot. So we, um, you know, we, we really enjoyed our time down there. We were able to capitalize on it. It almost felt like a movie. <laughs> yeah. That the voice of Bubba Wallace drives the number 43 for Richard Petty Motorsports. Joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Check him out and others out this Saturday. They're at Bristol. And, of course, you can watch that at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on NBC Sports Network. Uh, for you, Bubba, can you kind of um, uh, speak to, you know, just kind of reading some things? I mean, boy, you, you were able to get the uh, contract extension through 2020 with Richard Petty Motorsports. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it means a lot, you know, for a team to take the leap um, and, and believe in me and my abilities and, give me a, an opportunity at the start of the season and then halfway through they they decide they want to re-up is, is truly incredible and, and a humbling moment so um you know i appreciate the uh, the opportunity that the king has given me to be able to go out and perform yeah the uh, king yeah, I mean, yeah you, that's the deal man like how cool is it to be around the king or i guess on a pretty regular basis yeah i just seen him about 30 minutes ago here in the shop <laughs> he was uh he's always Always got something interesting to say. Um, you know, definitely debrief about the race, and then we'll start talking about life. And and uh, it's it's always good to you know for sure have him in your corner. Um, you know, good and bad. He's he's there for some moral support, and he's also there to tell you how to drive sometimes. So it it all comes with it. So it's it's uh, it's a process, but it's uh it's just it's really cool to know that you know I'm driving for the king and representing you know, his brand and, and everything that he stands for. You know, I, I'm not necessarily a race aficionado. However, I did watch uh, the race at Watkins Glen a couple of weeks ago. But explain to us, you know, the difference between Bristol as a short track and then maybe some other tracks that aren't con- are, that aren't short tracks. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, Bristol is, is a half mile, uh, high bank, super fast, you know, 16 second, 15 second laps. Um, and you know, you're ripped around there pretty well. So then you go to say Michigan, two mile track and we're running 37 second laps and, and we're twice as fast. So we're going 200 there, uh, 220, like into turn one. So it's, uh, it's a wide variety, definitely a, a diverse schedule that we go through. Um, some tracks are really smooth. Michigan's pretty smooth. And, um, and then you have some of the mile and a half like Chicago that, you know, you rattle your teeth out uh from from start to finish yeah bubble wallace joining us here on the program check him out this uh saturday uh at bristol you can watch the race uh on uh, nbc sports network at 7 30 p.m eastern a couple of more thoughts so you've had one race here at bristol um and you finished 16th uh, can, can you kind of talk about some of the challenges that bristol presents yeah bristol is uh you know we were actually just talking about it uh, not too long ago, uh, how you need to attack the corners and, and, and have your car set up to where you can do that each and every lap. 
And in the last race there, we were a little bit loose in or that the rear end would want to step out getting in. So you know, that hinders the, the handling on the car. So we have to, uh, you know, be on top of that and be prepared for that. So, um, you know, it's, it's a place where you can get mixed up front stretch, back stretch, because you're, it's just literally 15 seconds and, and the both straightaways look the same. So when you're on pit road or when it's time to pit, you have to remember what side of the track that you're on. So, it um it, it has its own challenges within itself. The groove will move up to the wall sometimes, um, and you'll be running up there trying to rip around there pretty fast. So um, it just kind of depends on the weekend and how it's set up. But uh, pumped to run under the lights, and uh, you know for the people that can't be there or can't can't be there to see it in person, you definitely tune into NBCSN uh, to catch the night races. Absolutely, seven. Yep, absolutely, seven thirty p.m. Eastern time. Last two thoughts um, for you. Let me take you back to 2013. Um, and matter of fact, after you won uh, back in 2013, the uh, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series at Martinsville, first African-American to win a NASCAR National Series event since 1963. We had you on. But for those that may not have heard you at that time, what did that mean to you? Uh, I meant a lot. I was able to, uh, I think, <clears throat> really solidify my name into the sport. Uh, obviously getting the first win um, and and being able to do that in, in, at Martinsville and in the backyard of Wendell Scott. And so the history that came along with that was pretty special um, because right after that, we followed it up the next year with four wins and had our best year yet. So, um, but that win will always be, you know, top of the list just because that's your first one in the sport. Lastly, three races remaining. If you win one of them, then, uh, you have the opportunity to race in the playoffs. Is is this weekend the weekend that you can win at Bristol? Yeah, I, th- I think so. This is uh, this is a short track where arrow doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, looking back at what we did in the spring, leading laps and whatnot. You know, we can do that again and hopefully hang on and, and have a really good run. So it's just um, just to see how the weekend goes. You know, we'll show up and and uh, be ready to fight and hopefully it goes according to plan. Check Bubba out this Saturday at Bristol as the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series back in full effect. And you can check that out on NBC Sports Network at 7.30 p.m. Eastern this Saturday. Bubba Wallace drives the number 43 for Richard Petty Motorsports. Joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Bubba, great to catch up with you again. Continued success in all you do. All right, brother. Thank you. Bubba Wallace looking to win his first race on the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series this weekend in Bristol. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Miles running back, Justin Hardy. The countdown to kickoff continues today here on From the Press Box to Press Row as we're talking with some of the top players in all of HBCU football. And joining us on the line is a young man. He's a redshirt junior from Homewood, Alabama. As a matter of fact, he was last year's SIAC Offensive player of the year had an absolutely outstanding season rushing for almost 1,200 yards. He's Justin Hardy. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Justin, welcome to the program. Hey, nice to be here. I appreciate you coming on. And I know last year, I mean, you guys had a really good, uh, well, you had a really good season, but not so much um, for Miles, who had really, you know, got accustomed to winning SIAC championships and so forth. First of all, how is camp coming, going, or coming along now? I should say, leading into your first football game next week. 
Oh, uh, camp is going great. You know, we really just focus on the plays and getting everything together and helping the team to be in the best shape that we can be for the upcoming game. Yeah, can you kind of speak to the season? I know it wasn't the greatest season for Miles last year, but can you kind of speak to the individual performance that you were able to put forth uh, on last year rushing for 1,197 yards and 12 touchdowns? Uh, really, you know, I, I couldn't do it all by myself because, uh, you know, I got to thank the whole line. They really made it happen for me and – for me to do what I did, you know, is excellent. It helps out the team. Uh, can kind of put us in a good position. And, you know, um, and it's not really an individual thing. So I really kind of uh, give all the credit to the O-line. Yeah, no question about it. Can, can you speak to – talk about 2016 for us a little bit because that was a year you, you were not able to play – how much did you miss football in 2016, and how much did it motivate you for 2017? Oh, man, not playing. 2016 broke my heart, and my and my family also. We we all felt that, that I couldn't play, and I wasn't eligible for the season. And uh, for me to sit out that year, it, it took a toll. It took a toll for me, but I knew I couldn't let that – I knew I couldn't let that set me back. So I knew I had to stay focused on what I wanted to do and – the things I need to do for the for the next coming season. I knew I wasn't going anywhere else. I was staying in mouth because I trusted the process and trusted coaches and everything they do. So for me to sit out that year, it was a big lesson, and and I learned from it. Yeah, no, no question about it. What what did it teach you about you know making sure that you get that classroom work done because you you know you're there. It, 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 I mean, the term student athlete, you're there. Not only to play ball, but also um, to get that education. So, so what did that teach you about the classroom part uh, of of being a student athlete? Oh yeah, man. Sitting out that year and thinking about not even football, thinking about your career. If, if I didn't have football, so having so finishing school, it made me realize that classes are important and grades are important and passing your classes and getting the uh, correct hours and, and realizing that football is not everything, but it can, it can help you go far. And, uh, and just, and just, uh, sitting out there, you know, you really kind of find yourself and really think about your future and what, what it holds without football or with football. So you really just focus on life. And I really just thought about life and, and how can I, uh, achieve and go far in life without football. Justin Hardy running back for Miles joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. He rushed for 1,197 yards last year, averaged 6.7 yards per carry. Let me, uh, Justin, if I could take you back to 2015, your freshman year, um, when, you know, you, I mean, there were some guys that could really play on this team, um, but you got some playing time. Uh, can you kind of talk about that? But, but more importantly, Miles was able to win another SIAC championship game. That was a that was a a first time year for me and really a learning process because at the beginning of the season, you know, I was I was uh, actually playing, uh, but the games were non conference. But I was uh, just just learning the system and learning the plays and being able to, to pick up where the other backs uh, left off and uh and just coming to practice every day and just doing everything I can do to help the team 
And in that year, it, we just went, we just, we fell off, went like four, went, lost like four games in a row. And after that, we just, just turned over. How is it? What was that transition like from high school um, to to playing college football? I know you won a state championship uh, at Homewood High in your hometown, of course, of Homewood, Alabama. We can talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, speak to the transition from playing high school football to ultimately playing at Miles. Coming from high school to Miles was 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 a is a big difference you know because the speed the different defenses the disguises and and really just learning the, really just learning the defense because in high school i really didn't learn anything about the defense we didn't really focus on that but coming up miles in college and that transition you really learn the defense and the and the, uh, the technique and stuff like that so really really just um educating myself on the defense and, and learning what what they do or pre-reading you know the, the defense and stuff like that justin hardy running back for the miles golden bears joins us here on the program as the countdown to kickoff continues so you know with that what are your i mean what things do, did you improve upon uh, or work on i should say during the off season during spring now in camp to improve upon the great season you had in 2017. Uh, after the season, uh, I've never really stopped uh, working out and in, in, uh, conditioning and running. I, I just after the season, I went right back into working. So in the summer, I was really focusing on, you know, agility drills, uh, hips, and and conditioning and being in the best shape as possible. And just working out and staying, keeping my body in shape and and not being dinged up all the time and just and uh, be ready for anything possible. Yeah, what is, you know, I know you guys have been kind of going against each other, and of course, in two, in two weeks you're going to play against Alabama A and M. How excited are you and your teammates for being able to play against Alabama A and M and showing what you can do against Division One competition? I think. I think uh, our team needs this. We we need to see where we are in playing the FCS school. It's a big deal, but we have to come together and realize that it's just football. And if we play sound football, we could we could actually do something and and go far and achieve what what's what's uh, what's impossible. Yeah, talk. Can you speak to how you know? How did you ultimately again? You you attended Homewood High School, won a five A. Class 5A state championship there. How did you ultimately end up at Miles? Uh, it really wasn't something I planned on. It it happened it happened very fast. And after high school, I uh, went JUCO. Things didn't work out, and uh, I left. And I came back home, and I sat down with my parents. We talked about it, and decided to go to Miles College, and and uh, I just enrolled, and things just uh, popped off there. Justin Hardy, the preseason SIAC Offensive Player of the Year. He was also the Offensive Player of the Year last season. Joining us here on From the Press Box to Press Row as the Golden uh, the, the Miles, as a matter of fact, opens the season on Saturday, September 1st, on the road against Alabama A&M. And, Justin, we appreciate you taking a couple of moments here with us here on the program. Good luck to you and the Golden Bears this season. Thank you.
Miles running back, Justin Hardy, joining us here on the program. I mean, I think he's poised to have a really big season. And, um, you know, it's been a a tough couple of years for um, Reginald Ruffin, the head football coach um, at Miles. And he was dealing last year with the passing um, of his of his wife. So, I mean, it's just been a really tough season for uh for miles on last year but i expect them to really be able to bounce back and um you know perhaps compete for that weather and not perhaps they will compete for that western division crown i think tuskegee obviously is the team to beat um still to come here on the program as we continue our tribute to the now late aretha franklin in an interview that we had i said 2013 that interview actually was from 2012, so going to replay that interview a little bit later on in the program. You know, the young man that I was trying to think about, that his name, he played for uh, Tennessee State, originally signed, I believe it was with Ohio State, a four-star running back. We were talking about four-star uh, running backs, and the young man's name is Ward, Trabus Ward was the young man's name that uh, that played at Tennessee State. That was, you know, the last time that I can remember that a four-star running back signed with an HBCU having not played, um, really not even redshirted, but having not played. And if my memory serves me correct, uh, Ward did not play um, at, uh, at Ohio State. I think he either signed with Ohio State or... They were definitely recruiting him. It may have been some great issues, but I mean, at least I'm pretty sure he had committed and I'm pretty sure that Ohio State had offered him a four star kid out of uh, he was out of South Florida. So, again, Box to Row celebrating 13 years on the air on August 20th. I mentioned the fact of who were uh, our guests were back on August the 20th of 2005. And I mean, it's just been a great journey. Obviously, at the root of everything we do is HBCU sports, but we've evolved over the years. And just some of the highlights um, that we've had over um, over the many years in terms of some of the great guests. I mean, you can go to our website and look at some of the great guests that we've had. The creme de la creme in, the, in terms of guests uh, from the world of sports and entertainment over the years. But it's some of those other things that we've been able to accomplish, some of the places that um, we've been able to go some of the places that we've been able to, in fact, uh, broadcast from, for instance, um, our first, I would call, uh, you know, big time uh, events or bigger time events. We've always, I think, broadcast from big time events, but some bigger time events um, we were able to um, be at the 2007 NBA All-Star Weekend uh, in Las Vegas. That was a pretty big deal. Not even two years into the show. Um, and, uh, you know, we, uh, Brian McIntyre, who was the, essentially the PR director at the time for the NBA, got a call from him, um, via Roscoe Nance, who had, uh, who had said, Hey, you need to write Brian, tell him who you are, what you're doing, all of that did that. And, uh, Brian McIntyre called, we had put in a, pre- a credential request, uh, uh, probably towards the latter part of 2006. And he said, hey, you know, it's in Las Vegas. We don't have a a lot of room, but we're going to credential 
your organization. And uh, from there, we, you know, had a, I mean, it was just a great time in Las Vegas. From there, we, you know, we've done many an NBA All-Star weekend and NBA Finals. As a matter of fact, 2009 and 2010 NBA Finals, uh, 09 um, game one was in, uh, see, it was in L.A. I mean, it was L.A. and Orlando. Uh, the, those were the two teams that were playing. And uh, game one, I believe, I, I have to think, I think game one was in Orlando. Um, it may have been L.A. Actually, I think game one was in L.A. Game four was in Orlando. We did both of those, the NBA Finals. And then, of course, in 2013, able to attend game seven of the NBA Finals uh, Miami versus uh, San Antonio in Miami, U.S. Opens, Major League Baseball All-Star Games, Super Bowls. Yes, at one time we were covering Super Bowls until the National Football League decided to, for whatever reason, pull our credential our last year of covering. We actually covered the Super Bowl game itself as well as Radio Row all week was 2009. But so many great things that have happened with Box to Row over the years. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, a tribute to the late Aretha Franklin. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. Of course, the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, passing away on uh, just a couple of days ago on Thursday. And um, she, as a matter of fact, joined us here. I'm from the press box to press row back in June of 2012. And, you know, she was really big on education, really big in terms of the civil rights movement. Uh, and then also was an avid tennis fan um, as well. So we're going to replay part of the interview as Aretha Franklin joined us here on from the press box to press row back in June of 2012. No, you're you're absolutely right. And what did it mean when you actually sang at um, President Barack Obama's inauguration back in 2000? I mean, that was a, that, that was just a special time all around. Mm. Uh, what a moment. What a great, great moment for him first. And uh, historically, of course, that that will never, ever happen again. That was the first first time that uh, we saw that. And... Uh, then it was a wonderful, wonderful moment for me, just looking out on the throngs of people that were there. I just wish that the temperature had been a little higher, <laughs> and uh, of course I would have sung a lot more to my liking, but that cold, cold weather, it was just much, much, much too cold, and it went right to my vocal cords. When you think about music today, Miss Franklin, and it's certainly different than um, then certainly when you began and, and throughout your years, what what comes to mind most? Are you happy with where R&B soul music is today? What do I think about it as opposed to when uh, uh, when uh, myself and uh, other R&B artists, uh, Teddy Pendergrass, Barry White, uh, the Temps, the Tops, all of my all of my favorite artists. Uh, what do I think about it today, as opposed to yesteryear or yes. or uh, back in the back in the day? That's right. Um, some of it is alive and well. Um, some of the hip hop is good, but you're speaking more specifically about the music. Uh, Jennifer Hudson uh, is one of my favorite artists. I enjoy her, and um, who else? Let's see, Usher, I like uh, a lot. Fantasia, I like. 
enjoyed them. Let's see, who else? Chris Brown, I just love. As an artist, I really love Chris Brown. A young boy can get on down with it. He's bad, 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 <laughs> bad, bad, bad. I love Chris Brown. Sir, I mean that—that's—that's that's, uh, and, and you know you and there was a lot of controversy. I th- think you go back. Justin Bieber is cute too. I enjoy him. You like Justin Bieber? Okay. I like the baby, baby, baby. <laughs> I like that one. Does that sound like uh, Diana Ross's baby, baby, baby? Where did I love her? Uh oh. Does that, remind, does that remind you of that? It, uh, it, it does a little bit, Miss Franklin, but your singing is, I mean, that is a treat for us, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> and, and um, you know, with that, and of course, um, you're going to be... SWV, I like SWV, too. So you like, oh, yeah, so SWV, so you like, so, okay, so that that's that's really cool. So you're, you know, I think a, a lot of the music today is getting slammed uh, to, to, to some degree, but you're not one of those kind of folks that, you know, obviously with the reputation that you have, you, you're okay with a lot of the music today, correct? I'm certainly okay with the ones that I just mentioned. Very good. That of course. Some of the, some of the hip hop is good and some of it is not so good. Sure. Of course, the concert, the benefit concert, Miss Franklin, uh, in Chicago on June 30th at the Airy Crown Center. What does it mean to you to, to be a part of such a, an event that will benefit uh, students as they move forward in life? I am all for benefiting students. I'm all for education. My father was really big, big, big on that, and so am I, and uh, pushing uh, my sons to finish and go as far as they can go because you're really going to need it. I mean, you're really going to need it. Uh, things are really, really rough and really bad out here. And uh, you're going to need as much education and paper as you can get. You know, college students are having a terrible time trying to find a job. So just finishing high school is really just not enough. It's not enough, and it's not going to be enough. You'll be very fortunate if you can uh, get by with just a college degree. You really need, I mean, sorry, with the uh, high school degree, you'll be fortunate if you get by with that. But you really need that paper from college. So stay in school, kids, please, because you're really going to need it. It's going to get a lot rougher if uh, maybe before it gets better. But with, um, with a man like Barack Hay, it's got to get better quicker and sooner. Absolutely. What are, if it's, if I could ask you, I mean, you've had so many songs. I mean, it's almost not even fair to ask you maybe this question. But what what is what are like your favorite couple of songs that you've that you've made? Well, I certainly love respect and the freeway. I say a little prayer, chain of fools, think. Um, it ain't no way. I gotta find me an angel, and I'm gonna be doing all of those at Airy Crown plus some. You know, you have uh, recorded a lot of songs, and unfortunately, you can't do them all in one night. So each time I come, I change the program. I try to change the program. So people within within at least three appearances will hear exactly what they want to hear. You know, a lot of your music, when you think about back in the, in the day, a lot of it was connected to the civil rights movement. And although blacks have come a long way, I mean, still racism runs 
rampant. But take us back to the time and the and, and the music that you were doing back then uh, for civil rights as far as black Americans were concerned. Pretty much I was singing things like Respect, which became a mantra, I think, for uh, the civil rights movement. And um, I think that the president is doing the best job that he can do. Uh, considering what it was when he when, when he came into office in uh, 2008, considering what was happening, of course, the um, national deficit was momentous. I think he's doing everything that can be done and doing the best that he can do, which is pretty doggone good. You know, Miss Franklin, I read somewhere where you're a big tennis fan, correct? I love tennis, and I've just asked about the U.S. Open just yesterday. Uh, I understand it uh, starts the last week in August and um, goes through, I think, the first or second week in September. But I love tennis, all the way back to Arthur Ashe and uh, Virginia Wade and Roscoe Tanner and, oh, my God, Chrissy Everett, um, and on and on and on and on. That is outstanding. All old school players, Virginia Wade, um, and, of course, the Williams sisters have just knocked it out of the ballpark. <laughs> I know they're out. Uh, they're both out now kind of early, but uh, the Williams sisters have revolutionized tennis. I, mean, I used to hit a few balls myself. Love it. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> yeah, I can serve, and I don't think I can serve. Uh, okay. Well, maybe you can get with uh, Serena. Uh, or Venus on the court and uh, let them see what kind of serve you got. <laughs> sure, I'll fill in for a minute. That was our interview with Aretha Franklin back in June of 2012. And what an incredible, absolutely incredible, incredible uh, legacy and incredible um, in terms of civil rights, in terms of education. Um, and, you know, just, I mean, one of a kind. Um, Aretha Franklin, her music's going to live uh, on forever. As a matter of fact, uh, we're sort of into collecting these, uh, you know, these records. And um, I was trying to look before I came here to the studio. Um, I think at some point I did purchase an Aretha Franklin record from um, the 70s. But if you think about the decades that she was doing uh, what she was doing and putting out albums and all the great hits. Again, I mentioned 18, count them, 18 Grammys. I mean, that's a, that's an awful lot of Grammys. I mean, you'll have some of the, you know, the great um, musicians of all time that won't even win. Uh, sometimes may win one Grammy. Some of them don't win uh, any Grammys. And for her to be able to win 18 is absolutely uh, fabulous from, you know, humble beginnings as a lot of, Singers, particularly a lot of singers and, and even more specifically R&B singers from back in the, in the day started as gospel singers and started singing in church, came up in church and then just went on um, to never, you know, never uh, lost those particular roots either. But of course, went on to to ultimately become the queen of soul. So, I mean, just a, a big loss and. Um, but uh, just absolutely one of a kind. Never will there be another like Aretha Franklin. Uh, again, we're celebrating uh, 13 years on August 20th here on From the Press Box to Press Row. I mean, I did a little bit of a synopsis 
of the show and how we sort of got things started. And I mean, you know, Aretha Franklin has been one of the great guests that we've had over the years on this program. I mean, there are so many other all of our guests are great. I mean, you know, they come on the show. Um, you know, we consider them great guests. A lot of them have some of them have been on multiple times. I mean, all of the you know, all of the the, you know, coaches that have especially that have been doing it a long time, particularly in HBCU football, have been, you know, on the show over the years. The Joe Taylors, the Buddy Pews, um, you know, the Donald Hill Ely's years, you know, from the beginning uh, of this thing when we started this thing back in 2005. And, you know, we're just grateful to still be around and to still be doing what it is that we're doing. Again, I mentioned we started with five radio stations um, and now it's up to around 40 <clears throat> and two Sirius XM channels as well. So, um, you know, and, and, and again, continuing to grow, we, we expect to add a couple of more affiliates here in the next, um, you know, the next month or so here on the program. Before we get out of here on From the Press Box to Press Row, I want to thank uh, Bubba Wallace for joining us today on the program. He's going to be in action. The number 43 uh, driving, of course, for Richard Petty Motorsports going to be in action at Bristol uh, on Saturday. You can watch that on NBC Sports Network at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Also, thank you to Justin Hardy, the running back for Miles, for also joining us today here on the program. Kickoff is about a week away. Got some great things for you on BoxToRow.com, some great articles. Again, don't forget on next week, I'm giving you my top five players to watch. Also, the HBCU Football a Daily Podcast also continues uh, Monday through Friday here on Box to Row. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications.